there. Hello there. <laughs> hello, hello, hello there. Yes, you can hear me now. Jello Kenobi. All right, let's redo. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Welcome back to Backstage Cinema, the best destination for all things movies, movie making, and more. I'm your host, Jaden. I'm your other host, Ike. And I'm back again, Michael. Michael yeah. is back. First, Third time. Yeah, first time Michael and I have ever met. Me and Michael. How what was your first impressions of me? You have really nice hair. Oh, thank you. I could say the same about you, but I won't because that's just too obvious. Your hair is clearly better than all three of you. Well, Amen. All you, three you, of us. I think you, well, hmm. I don't know who has better hair. We'll, we'll put a poll on the YouTube who, who thinks who thinks Jaden has better hair, who thinks Michael has better hair. Oh, I can't yes. decide, but or just vote Cliff. That works too. Or Bonzo. Or Bonzo. Or, or Grogu. Grogu. Grogu is here. So yeah, it's very late. What did we just watch, guys? Kenobi. We watched Kenobi. We we did watch Kenobi. So before we talk about it, you know what I just realized we haven't done in a while? What have we not done in a while? Let's get the business out of the way. You guys can find us here on Instagram. We haven't done that in forever. We haven't. You guys have just been scrambling on the floor, just like wondering, where do I find these people that I follow? <laughs> What's, well, what are we going to do? Because you guys are silly, silly people. Silly sausages. Silly sausages, silly gooses, goosenses, geesens. Goslings, yeah. You're silly little goslings. That's what we should say. <laughs> You're my little Ryan Gosling. Hey, girl. <laughs> Bringing those back. You guys know where to find us on Instagram at this point. So, we're talking Kenobi. It's kind of obvious. You hopefully could tell. Before we get into anything, though, I guess we should all talk about our thoughts heading into the show. We'll start with Michael, then you can go and I'll go. My general impressions were that this was probably going to be the best Star Wars media we would ever get since, you know, maybe Rogue One, maybe better than Rogue One, could be better than Revenge of the Sith. My anticipation is... This is just going to be the, the greatest Star Wars we've ever seen. Um, that's a pretty high ceiling, but that's my thought going into it. That was essentially my thought slash hope going into it. And I still think that um, even though we've only watched the first two episodes, it's still something that's entirely possible just because you, you, have, you have so much more to build on with Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor's. Is it Ewan McGregor? Okay. Yeah. Ewan McGregor. Their chemistry is like very good, and I really hope to see more with more with them. And I think that we're definitely going to get that with the series. Yeah, I think for everyone, this was like what we wanted to see. Most definitely, it's been six years since this was announced. Mm-hmm. First, it was a Star Wars story movie, then like a TV show, and now it's a limited series. Um, I think we all assumed this would be peak. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, yeah. anything under that, I think everybody's going to riot. So I think we all have pretty high expectations. So if you guys have seen Mandalorian Season 1, then you may remember Episode 3. And I want to say 7. 3 was the standout for me. It was easily the best episode. And that was directed by Deborah Chow, who got to do all six of the episodes for Kenobi. So I knew we were in good hands. And after seeing both of the opening episodes... It's pretty safe to say we were always in good hands the yeah, whole time. Yeah, definitely. You know, 
think. Well, maybe we'll touch on that in a bit, actually. So, never mind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Michael has been on twice now. And the first time he was on, we sort of talked Star Wars. So because Ike wasn't here, let's do it again. Let's all talk our history on Star Wars. Do you want to start? Or? Yeah, let's go ahead. Oh, yeah. All right, so I'll start. Got him. How does it feel to, to start? I'll never forget the day. My seventh birthday. I was staying at my grandparents' house, and my grandpa walks down middle of the morning. I was watching Shrek, of all things. And he hands me a copy of A New Hope, and he says, let's watch this movie. From there, I was hooked. Um, yeah, I said, I, we're in this weird time vortex where like, I don't know what weeks we've recorded. Like, obviously we know when they come out, but I'm like, I don't know what I've said at this point. So a few weeks back, or maybe it was last week, I said that Star Wars is probably the thing of all things in my life that has stood out the most, uh, that or the MCU, but you know, (laughs) yeah. It's just how it worked out. But yeah, Star Wars has been huge in our family life forever. All my siblings, well, for the most part, they all love it. All of our grandparents love it. So this is like a a family tradition type of thing. Um, I've seen all the shows except Resistance. We can, well, we'll go, I'll end with this before Ike says. Star Wars is a huge deal, clearly. A lot of this is my stuff. It it has a place in my heart that nothing will ever touch. Uh, But favorite era? That's the Clone Wars era, so obviously this show spoke to me. So, your opinions and what your history is, and what's your favorite era? Um. So, as to the last question, I could not tell you just because I, unlike you two, I'm not a huge, huge geek about it. Which is no yeah. right. invader. I'm I'm definitely a geek about other things, but Star Wars um was not something that I grew up with. I didn't start watching them until about four or five years ago, as some of you may recall. And um, I always wanted to because you always want what you can't have. And I was always told, nope, stay away from Star Wars. It's that darn Eastern mysticism that's going to infiltrate your mind. And then my parents were like, eventually like, yeah, you can watch it. You, you're smart enough to, to know what's right and what's wrong. And I watched it and they were entertaining. I felt like maybe they've been overhyped to a certain extent. But I feel like at the same time, you'd have to really grow up with it to kind of have that same level of, I guess, like the nostalgia factor for you. I, I never got just because I didn't grow up with it. And I was I feel like I was grown up when I had watched it, even though I wasn't. But I really enjoyed the, the prequel series. I know a lot of people don't like that. So if that's, I guess, an era, then I would say I really like that time frame of um, of movies. But yeah, not a huge fan of Star Wars in general, but. There's some certain things like Rogue One, Revenge of the Sith, anything with Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, Hayden Christensen, like I really like that sort of thing. But yeah, that's basically my history with Star Wars. So basically, everything this guy just said is sacrilegious. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think I it's been since I was six or seven. You know, I got a lightsaber. I thought this is the coolest thing in the world. You beat on everybody with it, and then you turn out and you try to find out where the lightsaber's from, and you know that leads to the Clone Wars, and you watch the prequels, and you watch the originals, and then it kind of just spirals from there into an obsession with Lego and all that, all that stuff. So I've, I've been around it for quite a while. It's probably my favorite universe, um, even over uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's 
Lord of the Rings. I think the universe is slightly better. Um, the movies, not so much. But the universe, I think the Star Wars universe has expanded so much in so many years and covered so many different aspects um, that I think it's probably the best universe um, over the MCU, over Star Trek or anything like that, Jurassic Park. Um, uh, so I I definitely am a big, big fan. Favorite era? Uh, Clone Wars, easily. Either Fa- that or, I mean, I guess Mando has kind of set it up to the point where it's like, after Revenge of the or uh, Return of the Return. Jedi, yeah. So that's a pretty sweet one too. But that's only two seasons so far. So mm. I'd say Clone Wars for sure. Who's each of our favorite characters? Ahsoka. Probably Obi Wan. <laughs> Anakin. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker. It's always and will always be. So that's he's yeah. probably my second. Jokes aside, because we made a lot of jokes while watching Kenobi. Fortunately, we didn't record most of them, probably for our safety and benefits. <laughs> so, do we want to just go down the line and say our thoughts real quick? Right. Then we can kind of all talk together. We should probably start with Michael then, because Michael, this was your second time around watching these, correct? Yeah. Uh, yes, this is my second time. I watched them all at like uh, 1 a.m. yesterday, because uh, I could not contain my excitement. Today, oh, you mean? Okay, shut up. Uh, but, you know, I think seeing him a second time made me even appreciate him even more. The first episode is definitely slower. Um, doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, some of the best movies in the world are slow burns until the very end. Um, and I wouldn't even say it's a slow burn. It's just slower. Um, but it definitely sets up quite a bit of, of world building. I mean, you don't really need that anymore. We've seen enough Tatooine, um, you know, to last us a lifetime. But, you know, you got to experience it just a little bit more. Um, and it introduced you, reintroduced you to a few characters that we've known and loved for an extremely long time. And the second episode really picked up on that um, and showing off Obi-Wan in action. Not necessarily the action that we're used to seeing him in, you know, in the Clone Wars or in the prequels. Um, but still seeing him in action is pretty sweet. Um, and overall, I'm a big fan of him. I think they, I think so far they've served off really well. And I haven't seen too much negative, you know, negative uh, opinions on him. Maybe a few. That were dealt with in the most rational way possible. Um, but other than that, I'd say my expectations were met pretty well. Obviously, you're not going to start off with Anakin fighting Vader or Obi-Wan fighting Vader. You know, that's not something that's going to happen right away. But it's all building to that. So I think I think we're in a good spot. I think this is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's like, oh, it's a strong start to it. But it's a good start. I mean, it's. They don't want to blow you away in the first two episodes, obviously. They want their finale to really stand out. And I think what they did with kind of setting the uh, the tone of the series, setting the tone of the characters, kind of lets you know, okay, there's some some growth to be done here with Obi-Wan. There's some places that we're going to be going, and there's some, some lightsaber fights we're going to be seeing. And that's what I'm going to be sticking around to see. And as I think we kind of talked about during this oh shoot i just lost my train of thought oh well how about you go next until i remember my train (laughs) of thought yeah i don't want to say i was let down i don't think i was let down definitely wasn't as good of a start as i was hoping for um i would say the flip to what michael said i actually enjoyed the first episode more um mainly because we got to see this side of Obi-Wan that we have never seen before. Um, kind of just see him doing what the day-to-day life would look like, living on Tatooine. Um, episode 2 I thought was good. 
I'll have to watch it again to fully give you a rating or make up my mind on the second one. I definitely liked the first one. The intro was super clean. I love the way that this show started with um, Order 66. It, it's just nice to... It's nice to go back to the Star Wars universe, and I know we've done before with The Bad Batch and um, obviously The Mandalorian, uh, Book of... or Book of... Well, I don't even know if I want to call it The Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> the Book of... Midness. Mediocreness. Yeah. Mediocrity. Yeah, that's the word. But a lot of that's just going back to the OT. It's going back to the nostalgia Star Wars. But this is really going back to what we kind of grew up on, the prequel trilogy. Um, something that Disney has yet to touch, really, other than bringing us the Clone Wars and the Bad Batch. But live action-wise, we haven't really got much of it. It was nice to get that recap of all the prequels but that that's easily the standout to me is just seeing a world of star wars that we've seen a thousand times before but seeing it set in a different era um and kind of just seeing the prequels finally get the recognition that they deserve because as great as the mandalorian is it's definitely more centered on the ot and again i don't want to say that i was let down but i think my expectations were maybe too high I thought both episodes were excellent, but we can talk more spoiler in a second, but how many episodes are there supposed to be again? Six. Six. I think it's too little. I don't really know what else I have to add to that. Do you remember your thought though? Nope. It is a thought that is going to be lost forever. Forever I cannot, and ever. I cannot think of it. I'm sorry. I forgive you. <laughs> I just forgive myself. <laughs> yeah, that's what we should do. Yeah, so I guess you guys can answer this first, but we're seeing Ewan again. What were your thoughts on his performance and his portrayal of these two episodes so far? I thought they were pretty fantastic. Um, I'm not really sure he could have done much better. You know, seeing him in the first episode, he was going through an extremely mundane um, circle of events. that kind of repeated the same process every day, and it showed you that same process that he goes through, I think, three times um you know just seeing how he's lived the last 10 years after uh, revenge of the sith um i think his performance was excellent he seemed emotional he seemed like somebody who had really just given up on everything um he didn't seem like the same obi-wan we had seen in the prequels and the clone wars who was always full of hope and who always believed in everyone this was obviously a broken obi-wan i mean you know he thought he'd killed his best friend and he you know failed him um, in his training, everybody he cared about pretty much died. Um, so obviously seeing him in a state is, you know, not something that you'd think is odd or um, uncommon. So I think I think the way he portrayed a broken Obi-Wan and someone who, who was really just suffering from um, their own mental state on how they could have prevented such a tragedy, um, I think he did a great job on that. And, and the action in the second episode, too, was pretty good, too. I mean... Um, you could see he was rusty a bit. You know, he got slipped up. You know, he slipped up here and there. Um, and he, you know, kind of got beat up every now and then. But he still showed that he had his same old moves. And um, I think he, I really think he did a phenomenal job. So I don't have much else to add after that. Yeah, one thing I'll just add real quick that I totally didn't even make the connection of. But because of how different he is, he's basically Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. Just actually done well. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That is definitely true, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're just both so broken without hope, but 
Well, I'll get to that in a second, but. I feel like the Obi-Wan Kenobi character has just gone through so much, and you don't really see that gap between, oh, here's kind of like the happy slash salty Obi-Wan from the prequels, and here's just the wise old man from the originals. This this does a good job of bridging the gap of like, you know, my old master Qui-Gon is dead, and I have to train this guy, and then I, there's a lot of pressure that comes with this, and then he becomes my best friend. And then my best friend becomes a bad guy, and I have to kill him. And then Order 66 happens, and I'm basically the last Jedi left. And he just feels like, I guess, a failure. He feels like he, like he's failed, and he carries a lot of guilt with him. And he kind of sees overlooking Luke and saving Leia as kind of like his job now. He's, it's like the only thing he has left. And it's kind of cool just to see uh, Ewan... Um, portray this broken like you said michael this broken character who's kind of who just feels like he's failed left and right just try to make things right because he seems to be the most morally right despite having some very wrong philosophical notions about (laughs) relativity (laughs) even well that's a discussion for another day but he's um obviously as i said before he's one of my favorite characters and i really liked how they just are approaching this uh this aspect of him that is that is the grief aspect and hopefully we'll get to the uh, get some sort of redemption for this character yeah i don't really know what else i can say that you guys haven't um i think the coolest thing about how he was treated in these first two episodes was um if you've seen the clone wars you'll know more what i'm talking about but one of the things i loved about obi-wan and anakin's relationship in the clone wars is Anakin was always a let's jump into action before thinking about the consequence. I don't know what just is that the ice it's machine? It's the ice maker. Yeah, or the refrigerator just disagrees with you, and they're just like, <laughs> probably their ice balls are just falling from from within. Yeah. But Anakin and Obi's one relationship was always think or go into the action before thinking about whatever the consequences were, and Obi Wan was always um, he always had to think before he did anything. So. Some people may see his, I'm not going to go help you find Leia, it's not my problem, um, to line up with this character. But it definitely felt like an Obi-Wan move, and it felt like an Obi-Wan move for this version of him because he's lost all hope. And seeing him kind of, under, I don't want to say understand, but kind of, this is going to be for the best. And there, there's a really good scene between him and another Jedi in the first episode where he says, you're Obi-Wan. Um, you got to help me, you know, we got to find the others. We got to save the Jedi. And he says, oh, now I'm forgetting. It's in the trailer every single time. I think he says something like, nah, dog, I ain't no Obi-Wan. Shit, tripping, you talking about? You tripping balls. What you, what you mean? Uh, the fight is over or something like that. We lost. We lost. The fight is over. Sort of like how Luke Skywalker was in the, um, Last Jedi, but he's not trying to kill his students. Um, bad dream. Oh, yeah. And yeah. again, he has some bad dreams. And I think we're going to see Qui-Gon Jinn. But I really liked that he has this trauma still. <clears throat> because, you know, Obi-Wan, unfortunately, probably has gone through the worst. He yeah. lost his master and had to train someone who he didn't want to train. Ends up really liking his student in a way that they have this brotherly relationship and then he fails 
regardless of what happened to Anakin, he has to think that he failed. So that's on him and his eyes. Um, but Obi-Wan is always this, I don't want to say he's kind of charming. He's very innocent. Stoic, Stoic is the best word I would say to sexy. describe him. Sexy, yeah, sexy too. Sexy also works. He is very sexy, but it's Doexy. just, shh, Doexy, yeah. It's just nice to see this version of Obi-Wan because like Ike was saying, we needed this bridge to get from the stoic, the noble into this wise old man. And there has to be some brokenness in the in-between stages. Second episode, he was more the Kenobi that we kind of all knew. Obviously, he's with Leia. So I guess we can transition into that. I'll just go back down the line. Characters that stood out, obviously... Owen was in here, Bale was in, or Bale Organa, but they're not big so far. We can always talk about them, but there's four characters that I think we do really need to hit on. Grand Inquisitor is one. Mm-hmm. Wasn't given much. <laughs> well, so he got stabbed at the end. I'm not sure how to think about that. I don't think he's dead, but I think that was stupid. Um, the fifth brother has really grown on me. I thought he looked stupid. I think he looks, I think his looks, you know, kind of grown. Um, in Rebels, he has an extremely angular and square face mm-hmm. he just doesn't have that here really but his voice is pretty good and i think his mannerisms make up for it pretty well so i don't really have a whole lot to complain about um about him yeah i think it looks like handsome squidward oh <laughs> yeah i just anytime i see him i'm like oh yeah i won't put that on my wall he's <laughs> definitely growing on me but let's talk about the two characters that from what Michael's saying, what I've seen, at least for one of them, are getting hate, and that is Leia and Reva. So I'll start with Leia. I thought Leia, or the kid actor, did a very good job. Especially compared to a lot of the kid actors, actresses, actors, actresses, yeah, yeah. She she did a very excellent job. Uh, all the kids in the Marvel shows are kind of butt, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, not everybody's going to be able to pull a Macaulay Culkin and like he did in Home Alone. Mm-hmm. They're kids. I mean, you're not going to expect a, an Oscar performance out of a child. Yeah. Um, but she did well. I mean, she portrayed uh, Leia's mannerisms really well. She she acted like her. She looks like her. She looks like a smaller, you know, Carrie Fisher um, in a way. And I think she did a pretty fantastic job with the character, um, so far at least. I mean, I think I was excited to see her. I didn't think we'd ever get something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a young Leia on, on uh, Alderaan. So that's, I think, I was perfectly happy with the character. I think she did fantastic. Yeah. She had a lot of spunk. It's pretty sassy. I really liked, and I pointed this out a few times, her facial expressions mm. were like really good for yeah. certain emotions. Whereas it's it's really hard to criticize kids mm-hmm. as actors and still, actresses. They still are actors. Yes. So they can still, actors and actresses, they can still be critiqued. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not as harshly as you would somebody like, you know, who's uh, Ewan, yeah, yeah, or Hayden, or uh, Jared Leto, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think she was she was pretty good. Yeah. I, on the other hand, have no problem criticizing children, mostly because I got a <laughs> lot of younger siblings. So, I would not call her excellent or fantastic <sighs> in comparison to a lot of the Marvel child actors. Sure, I would say she's definitely better. But when you compare her to the actress who played the younger sister in Brothers, or the young boy who played it in E.T., or uh, 
James, whatever his face is. I don't even know if his name is James. But uh, the kid in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, all those actors. I, th- I think when you compare to them, I think they do a much better job than she did. However, I still think she hit all the marks that she needed to. She portrayed the character well enough to to let people know, yeah, this is Leia. I don't think she deserves all the hate that people have been giving her. And I also don't think that she's been deserving all the super high praise that these boys are giving her either. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, we will see. However, there is someone who does deserve the hate. Yes. Absolutely. You want to go first? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, Facts. my gosh. I got to tell you how bad he is. Uh, Reva um, is pretty awful. Agreed. I mean, Amen. I I think that's part of her character, obviously. She's not liked by the Inquisitors. She's obviously not liked by, you know, she's obviously not liked by, you know, the normal people of the towns. Um, she's not liked by the Jedi, you know, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, she she's just pretty terrible. I mean, you know, he, he already mentioned that the Grand Inquisitor was stabbed and Reva stabbed him. Who knows? I mean, it kind of baffles me. Um, clearly, or maybe not clearly, I mean, we really don't know anymore. But I'm going to say, clearly, the Grand Inquisitor does not die, seeing as how he's in Rebels, um, and he dies in that show. So having him die now would completely retcon you know, that ending in Rebels and would kind of make it non-canon, which would kind of suck for you know, many different reasons. Um, but her stabbing him just seemed a little too early, I think. I feel like her getting fed up with the Inquisitors and going out on her own to try and get Obi-Wan um, kind of happened too soon. You know, she kind of just got fed up and stabbed him right away. I mean, we didn't really get to learn a lot about how she came to be with the Inquisitors. We don't really know why she's so ticked off at them. Um, it just kind of happened. She was a jerk for a while, and then she just stabbed him and left. I mean, you know, now this sets up that she's going to be running from the Inquisitors. She's going to be running from the Empire. Obviously, they're not going to want to take her back, um, and they're going to be coming after her. And then she's not going to be friends with the Jedi either, obviously. So she's kind of in a rock and a hard place, which I'm not necessarily, you know, that's not really a problem. But I just think her character as a whole just kind of was up and down. And yeah. maybe that's part of the what they're going for. But I really just didn't like it. I thought you have something. Yeah, I would, and just very quickly, I would just say, um, despite her just being a very, I don't want to say like messy character, just a very basic just uninteresting bad character i would say despite all of that it makes sense that she would want to hunt down ewan mcgregor as much as she wants to so at least i'll give her that so i mean yeah. if i was in her position i would probably be going ham over him as well you know i don't disagree but she's kind of like a bratty teenager from a like a high school movie yeah, or something like that, see that. yeah she's definitely really easy to hate mean girl i guess that's kind of what she looks like to me that's kind of you know, might sound wrong, I guess, but I, that's kind of what she took me for. Yeah. And all it really is is just a, her just having a desperation to prove herself to the Inquisitor slash just get a piece of that Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think that's where a lot of my problem lies is she's so fixated on Obi-Wan. We don't know why. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say, but it's probably going to be a stupid reason. Like, we know Darth Maul, for example. Um was obsessed with obi-wan throughout pretty much his whole life all the time he was in the tv shows or the movies or anything like that he was just obsessed with obi-wan and for good reason obi-wan cut him in half i mean 
you know, he had, not that he didn't deserve it because he killed Qui-Gon, but he did cut him in half. He fell down a giant shaft in um, mm-hmm. Naboo um, and was left for dead. Um, and he searched for Obi-Wan out of um, hatred and he wanted revenge so much that it drove him to insanity. Um, and that makes sense why he wanted to get to Obi-Wan so badly. This is just kind of like, eh. I mean, are we really supposed to care why she cares so much this yeah. early? Um, but, yeah, that's all I got on that part. It, yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to it, and it's really tricky to talk about these types of characters because I'm not trying to stereotype her character like a Captain Marvel or anything like that, but you try to have these super strong characters, and there's a there are really good ways to do it, and Star Wars has pulled it off before, whether it's Jin or so. Um, I guess you could say Kira. I'm a huge fan of Kira. I really like Solo, Kira as so well. I, I, I guess what we're trying that. to say is we don't have a problem with women. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> um, if that's where we were going, seeing as how you were kind of lining up, I'm with trying Jin to tip you toe around, Kira, things, yeah, yeah, it's not a problem with that. My favorite character in all of Star Wars is Ahsoka. I mean, it's yeah. not. It's not that we're. Here's what I'll say about Ahsoka too. When Ahsoka started out as oh, this yeah. strong character, she was kind people of a... hated her. Yeah, nobody liked her. Everybody thought she was a brat. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was kind of how she was portrayed in the movie. And then what we had was a little thing called character development <laughs> yeah. throughout seven seasons of the Clone Wars. And then into Rebels. Yeah. I mean, she was in that too. I mean, that's, you know, that just, it, it made her from one of the most hated and annoying characters anybody's ever seen to being one of the most beloved characters in all of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Now, they tried, I don't know if they tried, but they kind of did the same thing with like Jar Jar Binks and failed miserably. Anakin um, too, you could say. Well, Maybe, but yeah, with Ahsoka, that's how you properly build a character, um, and I doubt that'll happen with Reva, but we'll see. It's just, it was so obvious from the get-go that she, maybe she doesn't turn good, but I just, as soon as I saw her in the trailer, I thought, mm, yep, she's turning good, just because you get these actresses and these actors in, and you can kind of figure out, well, they're going to probably try to set them up for this or set them up for that, Um. And I will say, I have no problem with Inquisitors turning um, good, only because I don't. Cons- they're not Sith, for the most part. They're typically Jedi who are too afraid to actually do something, so they go down the wrong path. And it's understandable, too. Um, I think that they can make her character actually good, but she has this obsession with Obi-Wan. We don't understand why. She kills the kills the Inquisitor. We don't understand why. In the first episode, she treats Owen... Just like a douchebag. Yeah, she just like threatens to kill him out yeah. of nowhere. And the fifth brother's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Several times she kind of... I was just going to say justice for my boy Owen. You didn't have to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Several times she did things and the Inquisitors tried to put her in um, her place and she was always trying to see the bigger picture or whatever. And I think the final straw, at least for those two episodes, was the information drop at the end where she straight up tells Obi-Wan that Darth Vader is still alive and that it's Anakin or he's Anakin Skywalker. And it's continue. I just button in. It just makes no sense. Nobody was supposed to know that Vader was Anakin. Everybody assumed Anakin died. You know, nobody knew who Vader was. I mean, everybody knew Vader was Vader, but they knew never knew who you know Mm -hmm. Darth Vader was. And the fact that an Inquisitor, a low-level Inquisitor, you know, low-level for now, um, knew who he was and then just spouts it out to Obi-Wan. I mean, not even you know the highest-ranking Sith officers, or not Sith officers, Imperial officers, 
knew um, who uh, Vader was. And the fact that she knows and just spits it out, it's kind of weird. I mean, it's like it came out of nowhere, really. I mean, obviously, Obi-Wan had to find out at some point, And it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, that was um, something that was never going to happen. It was just a weird way to do it and a weird way for her to reveal it. Yeah. Um, and just weird for her to know it in the first place. This is like getting to the nerdy stuff. Sorry, I probably cut you off. But in Rebels, I'm not huge on Rebels. I've said it to a thousand people. But one of the coolest parts of Rebels is during the Vader-Ahsoka fight when she hits him in the helmet and he loses part of it. And her realization in that moment that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. Because at the end of the Clone Wars Season 7, she has no idea what happened to him. This was a really powerful moment of Obi-Wan finding out who Anakin was, but it just made no sense. Yeah. So well, you could see in you could see in Ewan's face. I mean, it's like, you know, his emotion after he found that found out it's like he was gonna just completely break down again. Um so it's not anything on his fault. Like obviously it was very emotion uh, emotional for him. Um, it's just like you said, you know, we've said a few times, just weird how it happened. I think I probably would have preferred if, like, Darth Vader himself was the one who kind of revealed it. I know it probably would have been, like, obvious, the whole, like, the trope of, like, him revealing the mask. And it's like, oh, it's me. Ta-da. But it kind of just is kind of in line with this character of, like, oh, he revealed himself to Luke. Oh, he revealed himself to Obi-Wan. And, but for this just rando to, to say, oh, yeah, that buddy of yours, he's actually a bad guy. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense just because... They didn't justify her character enough to yeah. make it seem like, oh, she, it makes sense that she would have this information, but they didn't, they didn't justify where she had the information. So yeah. it just kind of fell a little bit flat. I just will add, lastly, as we wrap this up and kind of talk about our thoughts and speculations is sh- there's really no other problems. And maybe at the finale, we'll look back and like, well, we were a little harsh <laughs> and I hope that that's the case. I hope that this is a character that I can love. Um, In the same way, I was really worried when I started the Bad Batch that, oh, Omega, we're just going to have another one of these child characters who needs the father figure. But And I really like Omega, so obviously my opinion changed by the end. We got four episodes to go. Last thing I'll just add is we go to a many, or not really many planets. We go to about three, maybe four. Three, three yeah. It's very nice to see some of these places that we've always known about and seen, but we've never got much um, on. Tatooine, we see every other weekend at this point, but like, it's always good to go back. So I really appreciate how it's gone so far. The ending of episode two was awesome for the 10 or so seconds that we got to see Hayden Christensen as Mm. Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. But I'm excited for what's next. Um... I'd say that this is a really solid start. I want to say the Mandalorian start was better, though, just because it's the first Star Wars show. No one knew what to expect, and we didn't know that huge twist when it came to Grogu, but it's great so far. It was not the first Star Wars show. On Disney Plus, yeah. Yes, Disney. You didn't specify that. Sorry. Yeah, on Disney <laughs> Plus, since the Disney era was yeah. the first Star Wars show. Right. Well, that's not true. Rebels. Yeah. Disney no. Plus Star well, Wars show. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, the, the, the Hayden Christensen moment at the end was fantastic. Hearing him breathe um, was obviously incredible. Um, I mean, Vader's breathing is 
like one of the most iconic things in all of cinema, just him breathing. Um, and that really just sets up um, the next episode, which I am pumped for. I, I don't really think I can contain my excitement for the next episode. Mm-hmm. I think this Same. will continue to get next level. I just I just like the return of the diaper tank and that they had someone else other than just Luke hanging in there. I like mm-hmm. seeing Hayden Christensen there too. Yeah. Uh, I guess... We'll wrap it up with this. What are our thoughts and speculations? I'll just go first. I don't know. I really don't know where this show's going to go. Michael pointed this out, and I haven't seen the second trailer, so but I'm going to assume he's right. We know nothing after this. There's been a handful of like Vader shots with the suit coming on, but that's the only thing I can think of that has been shown that's in one of these next four episodes. I didn't know why Obi-Wan was going to be leaving or Ben was going to be leaving the planet. Having him go after Leia is really great. I hope we don't really get much with Luke. I like that Luke's kind of in the dis or in the distance in the shadows, especially because we know more about Luke than any other character. So it's nice to see a side of Leia that we've never seen before. Um, Yeah, I don't really know what to expect. We all know what's coming probably in the last episode, and that's a fight between Vader and and obi-wan i guess some speculatory things that i would like to see in some of my expectations i would love to get some more flashbacks of anakin and obi-wan i expect that we'll get some i'd love to get clone wars ones where we get to see them in the clone wars armor i think that'd be awesome uh i think qui-gon as a force ghost it's not even inevitable he will make an appearance because he is the first person to become a force ghost obi-wan was the second person uh canonically to become a force ghost he mentioned after a nightmare, Master, Master, Qui-Gon. So we're going to see Qui-Gon. Other than that, I don't know. I'm just along for the ride. Unlike a lot of these shows where I'm always speculating, I, I'll i just wait and see what happens next. But hopefully the Gwyneth Quisender comes back as well. But that's just what I'm thinking. What you said with the flashback, I would add on specifically flashbacks of moments that we haven't seen. Like stuff oh, yes. in the Clone Wars. So like I don't just want flashbacks of stuff from yeah. Revenge of the Sith or... Um, whatever attack of attack of the clones. Mm-hmm. I would want something that actually happens during the Clone Wars that would be really cool. Like you said, like of him in his clone armor or something. But yeah. all of this, real quick, you have had to have seen this. I feel like Clone Wars fans have seen this. So there's a deleted scene that never made it into the show where it's Anakin and Obi Wan sitting around a campfire, just talking. I'm assuming you've seen mm-hmm. this deleted yeah. scene where right before Anakin falls asleep, he basically asks. Do you think that I could I would fail you or I can't remember the exact wording, but it's a very intimate conversation. I'd love to see that. Obviously, we saw Obi-Wan mention Padme, so I would like to see some flashbacks with the two of them. I think it would really set this this fight up. Um, I also expect Obi-Wan to lose because in A New Hope, while they've kind of retconned the fact that was their first time ever meeting, Vader acts as if Obi-Wan's dead. So I think Obi-Wan's going to lose this fight. Um, I mean, whatever it takes, I guess. But, yeah. Yeah, I think I expect it to get better. I expect it to get way better. Maybe I'm setting my my, uh, expectations way too high. And I'm preparing myself for disappointment. However, I have faith that this will be incredible. um, And I'm just pumped for the next four weeks. Other than that, that's about it. Anything else that we would like to add? Uh, just make sure I didn't push the uh, mute button. 
If you guys have not seen Jamie Costa's version of Kenobi, which came out, I want to say, maybe four years ago, it was mm-hmm. a fan project on YouTube. And Jamie Costa is just absolutely just spot on with his impressions, particularly Robin Williams, which he came out with the Robin Williams one last year, which I think he deleted off of YouTube for some reason. But I I really enjoyed where he went with that, and I'm hoping this series doesn't necessarily do the exact same thing that he did, but carries kind of the same level of excitement that Jamie Costa somehow brought to it. But I do think mm-hmm. that there's definitely more to come with this. At the very least, if all it gets a lightsaber fight between the two, I mean, I'll, I'll consider it a success, yeah. <laughs> to some to some degree. But I don't know. That's why I'm just setting my expectations expectations just kind of mid. So I'm just kind of rolling with it. Yeah. Anything you have to add? I'm about the exact opposite, but I think we're in the <laughs> same place. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So those are our thoughts on Kenobi episode one and two. Uh, maybe maybe we'll come back. With- three of us and do our final thoughts after the show's over actually i expect us to so that's probably what we'll do yeah encourage you guys to go check it out um i would say it's great what would you guys say say it's it was good eight out of ten eight and a half out of ten i'd say it's it was it was pretty good it was ob8 kenobi out of ten. Oh yeah <laughs> Oh, I guess last thing that we can add before I was about to say with that, I'm Jaden, but we're, we're going to stop that. So Star Wars Celebration was this week. Obviously, this is why. So Andor got a trailer, a bunch of other projects got announced. But yeah, make sure to go on YouTube, look up Star Wars and just kind of get a feel for what came out. It'd be awesome if we were at Star Wars Celebration, maybe next year, when wherever it is, whenever it is. But yeah. Star Wars Celebration happened. Just go check all the trailers out. Some great stuff happened. And we'll probably be talking about it sometime this year, if not this year, sometime next year. So, But I think with that, I'm Jaden. I'm Mike. And I'm Michael. And we'll see you guys next week. Probably on set. Most likely. At Backstage Cinema. Peace. Take care, guys. Goodbye there.